Hi everyone, I'm Heaven. I'm Tracy. And welcome to another round with Heaven and Tracy. Ah! Same. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening in today's show, Heaven? Oh my God, so much is happening. Tell me all about it. So first off, we're going to do a very special guest animal corner. Ooh. Who's who's filling in your shoes, Tracy? Um, joining me in the animal corner corner uh-huh. is a friend of ours and writer, author, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, Laurel Breitman. Mm-hmm. And then we have such a great guest today. Who is it, Tracy? <gasps> If you've ever heard of um, a young lady by the name of freaking Queen Damn Latifah. Oh, my God. But she's going to come in the studio. Oh, my God. God. We're going to talk about many things, including but not limited to her greatness, her Uh excellence, and her new work spreading awareness of heart failure, which is super, super important for women of color. Excellence on top of excellence. Exactly. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Today we have an actual animal expert to do a guest animal corner. Not just Googles? Not just the Googles. (laughs) This is somebody who went to an actual like accredited university. And somebody made her prove that she knows stuff about animals before she went to go talk about them in public. (laughs) We don't have that. (laughs) Never had that. So I'm super, super excited. We are in the studio today with Dr. Laurel Breitman. She is a historian, anthropologist of science, author of Animal Madness, which is a great book. And she knows a lot about parrots, which are one of my favorite animals, bittersweetly one of my favorite animals. We'll talk about why. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so dramatic. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Hey. Hi. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you for being here. Parrots. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you know so much about parrots? I'm fascinated by them. I've always been, I hate to say this, don't tell anyone, like a little bit bored by birds. Oh my God. I know. I know. My mom is like a birder and she would drag me to look and like, (laughs) I was just like, oh, another brown faced tit (laughs) thing. Like, I just, I was so not interested in them. But the parrots were different because the parrots first are easy to spot. They're Mm, freaking uh noisy as hell. Like, you hear them coming like a mile away, like before you actually see them. Uh And they're so colorful. so for like a bad birder, like you can, you don't miss a parrot. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so I loved them in the wild for that. And then I grew up, my family had parrots, but I had a kind of contentious relationship with my family's parrots. What does oh, that mean? Do sell. Well, parrots are just, they can just be jerks. And they. What do you mean? I have no idea what a parrot is like. Well, I, it's sort of saying like, well, what's a person like? Like a parrot can have a million <laughs> personalities. <laughs> Touche. Makes Touché. sense. Makes sense. Yeah. I get it. So uh, when I was born, my parents had a scarlet macaw named Pepper and Mm. Pepper was just like not psyched that there was a new person in the (laughs) house and he knew the Mexican hat dance and he would run around and he would like attack me when they weren't looking because I think he was very jealous because as soon as I appeared he had to like be in a cage and like kind of be more away from the family so Pepper had it out for me Pepper had to live in a cage no and poor Pepper he was going to live until he was like 70 you know I'm like here's this young child parrots live a really long time that's crazy pepper is still around somewhere actually he my family gave him away because he became too difficult and they gave him to the santa barbara zoo and as a kid i would go (laughs) i thought this was just the shit there was a parrot island at the zoo and Mm -hmm. we would go once a year with the class and i would go and i'd stand in front of parrot island with all my little classmates and be like hey guys 
I can talk to the bird. (laughs) (laughs) And I would just start doing the Mexican hat dance. And then from out of the fake forest (gasps) on the island would come Pepper dancing and singing along with me. And like none of these kids knew, you know, that like I knew this. It's just magic. This is the best story. This is the beginning of my swindle of like letting people think I know a lot about animals. Lifelong swindle. (laughs) Exactly. It's been like super productive. Laurel can talk to parents. Yeah. So we met you at Pop-Up Magazine where you told an amazing story of parrots and the law and parrots sometimes testifying in trials. Yeah. I'm like obsessed with tell parrots us, who witness. Tell us. Like how crimes. did you even like, how did you learn that that's a thing that happens? Um, that's a good question. You know, I'm not sure that I ever learned it was a thing. I just sort of assumed that if you have a talking animal, so like mm-hmm. whether it's a parrot who can talk or like a chimpanzee who can sign, right? And you do mm-hmm. something in front of that animal... I just think, you know, we talk and at least like all the kids books and everything, all the animals talk and it's Mm -hmm. like really cute. But I actually don't think we want to live in a world where animals talk. (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) You know what? I've never thought about that before because they could snitch, right? They could snitch. (laughs) You know who sees me naked more than anyone else in my life? My dog. (laughs) My dog. How can you tell what the what the parrot is seeing in that situation? Good question. Well, I don't think you've actually n- you can know that a parrot has witnessed something that they shouldn't and until afterwards when they start talking about something inconvenient that they've witnessed. Mm. And that's what happened with this parrot Echo. Like um as the story goes, and I have to say that cuz I actually wasn't able to find Echo. I mm. believe all the people I talked to, but mm. Echo was a severe military macaw, so green with red shoulders and he belonged to or supposedly belonged to a crime boss in New Orleans and witnessed a crime. And he showed up at this animal sanctuary called Heckhaven in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Mm. And the woman who runs it, Susie Heck, says that her friend brought him and said, you just have to take care of this bird for a while. He needs to lay low. We, we got to protect him. <laughs> yeah. And she's she, on the lamb. Exactly. And she didn't know why. So she wasn't supposed to tell anyone that she had the parrot in her care. And she didn't know how long she'd have him. And she was just told his name was Echo. But within minutes, she realized he had a huge vocabulary. He was Mm. like a great talker. And then after she'd had him for a little while, she began to notice that like at night when she was in another room, she would hear like a baby crying. And it was really intense. Like And there was no baby in the house, right? There was no baby in the house. And she'd rush into the room where Echo was. And then he'd quiet down. She'd see him like swinging on on his perch. That's creepy. But yeah, even worse than that, like sometimes he would cry and then he would imitate like a thwack sound of like being hit. Mm. Um, And then he would cry more um, on silence. Oh my gosh. This is intense. Super (laughs) intense. Sorry. Uh, It's okay. But so what she believes is that he was a witness to child abuse. Mm. And the animal rehabilitator who brought her the parrot said that um, his testimony was used to help convict the crime boss who went away. That's um, wild. For child abuse. Yeah. I, I couldn't find the trial, so I'm not sure. But what I do know is that Echo wasn't the first parrot to overhear a crime and then get into trouble um, <laughs> for what he heard for repeating it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, like in that pop-up story, I was able to find a bunch of other parrots who had witnessed things, like <laughs> witness murders. There's no law that says a parrot or an animal can testify. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. Or so can't. They, they can't be a witness. Um, so, so because to said... be a witness, you have to be a person. Okay. Hmm. So what they can be is evidence. 
in a category of media that records things. Exactly, which is so messed up because actually parrots have judgment and emotions and they yeah. are not a tape recorder. And actually you can, I think that makes them more reliable, mm-hmm. in fact, that they're intelligent. Um, but under the law, because they're just seen as property, unfortunately, um, there's no way to get them to be a witness now. But there are mm. people in the country working to get personhood for non-human animals, particularly parrots, chimps, dolphins. Yeah. Um, so we could Wait, be living... what does that mean? Oh, like a category um, for animals under the law so they're not property. So right now, like whether you're an elephant or a dolphin, you are a thing under mm-hmm. the law. So if there's a category for non-human personhood, then we could have better protections for some of these animals. Because How? What does that change? Um, well, we can... They, for example, like they could be their own defendant. Um, what? <laughs> Y'all not did not steal those bananas. That's not me on that tape. I didn't do it. Ooh, ooh, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You joke. But I actually, I went to like the head of the non-human rights project and asked about this. And he was like, he had used, he's used kids in cases who were like three years old. Like mm. an adult chimpanzee, like definitely is more intelligent than a three-year-old child and should be able to say, I did not take those bananas. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is wow. fascinating. It's crazy. It's so, crazy. I mean, like, what would that look like in court, though? Like, would you actually have, like, a bird or, like, a, a chimp in the witness? Sir, I didn't have a suit. Like, do you swear them in? Do they believe in God? Would, like, okay. why are they going to swear on the Bible? Like, <laughs> Funny enough, the swearing them in is the other sticking point. So, like, a few lawyers that I talked to for this piece, they were like, well, the other problem besides them not being persons under the law is that you can't make them take an oath. Mm. So you don't know if they actually have, like, a compulsion to tell the truth. And my answer to that is like, well, what about humans? Like, I mm. personally don't believe in like the Bible, but like, for so for me going and taking that yeah. oath, like, is that really compelling me to tell the truth? Like, right, not so much. Right. People lie on the stand all the time, mm-hmm. um, and they can be taught to quote unquote parrot things. You know, <laughs> like, maybe uh, 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 shaking more. my head. <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> that was great. What do you feel like you've learned about humans from studying animals? Oh, everything good. Everything good? Everything good. Like, for every, like, sad, traumatized, like, parrot story, Mm -hmm. there is a story of some woman, I know one in particular in Santa Barbara, who, like, rescues parrots and has turned her kitchen over into, like, a place where they can tear up lettuce and eat credit card paper. Not eat it, (laughs) but, you know, parrots love to, like, dig in with their beak on rolls of paper. And she plays, uh, she plays videos for them. Which is videos a, of like other parrots? Well, I didn't know this until I saw this <laughs> at her house. Yeah, parrots like watching videos of other parrots of their same species on TV. Aww. Is this like a? <laughs> what are they doing with this visual stimuli? <laughs> I mean, who knows? It could be parrot porn. <laughs> That's what I'm asking. <laughs> oh, definitely. There's there's bonobo porn. There's a zoo in Germany what? actually who ma- that made a bonobo porn channel for what? the bonobos. No joke. Germany like, said, yeah, <laughs> <stupid>. naturally. <laughs> yeah, but what? They also have like panda porn for pandas who won't wow. who won't uh, reproduce. Oh my god, I want to watch panda porn so bad. <laughs> I've learned so much. <laughs> please have me back for another animal corner. Panda porn animal edition. Porn. Yes. Um, but honestly, there's so many people out there who have like seen the terrible things that have happened to animals and then decided to like make up for it themselves. Mm. And then also just like learning how to treat other people better from other animals. Like it's such like a cheesy kindergarten thing, but I really have learned to be a better person for my current dog. Like he just assumes that every human is someone that's going to be good to him Mm. until he learns otherwise. Like he's I've never met a more open hearted 
human or other animal in my life. It's like so brave and mm. good. What kind of dog is he? Uh, he looks like if a fruit bat had sex with an Akita. Oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like a curly tail, kind of like Akita front paws and curly tail, but way smaller and has a fruit bat face and ears. <laughs> He sounds adorable. He's super cute. You, you can you can interview him. Yeah. I would love to. Great. That's so beautiful. It is beautiful. Dr. Laura Braitman. This has been a joy. Where yes. can people find you and your work on the internet? Oh, you can find me at laurelbraitman.com or on Twitter. I'm a terrible Twitterer, but um, <laughs> but I like it. It's just like a speedy river I can never seem to keep up with. Fair. Um, it's a fair it's a, at Laurel Braitman. And Braitman is B-R-A-I-T-M-A-N. That is correct. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Don't you also have have a book oh yeah right. oh my god i am a terrible capitalist uh, just like a parrot <laughs> it's called animal madness inside their minds and it's everywhere books are sold oh and there's there's a bunch of parrot stories in it it's Ooh. wonderful it is fantastic and next time you come back we're going to be talking about animal porn uh, yeah hopefully you're going to be interviewing an animal um that is sex life yeah <laughs> I am trying very hard to be cool, keep my composure. <laughs> you got this, Tracy. I'm known to turn into a huge dork when I'm near a hero of mine. Drink more. You know what? <laughs> you right, you right. Power through it. Ah, all right. I can now do anything. We are so excited to have the one and only Queen Latifah in the studio today. And we're really touched that she's here to talk about somebody very close to her, her mom. We just had my mommy on the show a couple of episodes ago. Oh, nice. I love my mama too, girl. I get it. Yes, it's important. Um, Her mom, Rita Owens, has heart failure. And Mm -hmm. Queen Latifah has teamed up with the American Heart Association to raise awareness about the condition and how it impacts women of color, specifically. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Welcome to the show. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Okay, I got it out. I'm good. Nice. Um, Tell us about your mommy. My mom is about, you know, five, a little over five feet tall. She's about five, three, five, four, and she's cute, and (laughs) she's sweet. She has a type of voice that calms everyone. People Mm. like to call her just to talk them off the ledge. (laughs) Um, No, but my mom was, uh, my mom taught high school, taught art in high school. Mm -hmm. And um, one day she uh, passed out in school, and she was taken to the hospital. And um, after some tests, we, you know, the doctor told us that she had heart failure. Mm. To hear that is a very scary thing because yeah. you like, I mean, I'm like, what? You know, where did this come from? Mm-hmm. Um, my mother's never been overweight, never been a drinker or a smoker. But heart failure affects over six million Americans. I mean, it is a huge problem, especially for women and mm-hmm. women of color. Um, people of color. I believe we have more of a, like a 50% higher chance of um, getting heart failure, from what I understand, or for, for people of color over 40. And that's crazy, mm. um, especially if it's largely preventable. There is a lot that you can do to improve it. Mm-hmm. A lot of medications. I mean, they're doing a lot of research on, on the heart and also lifestyle changes. So we, as a family, cut down on the salt. Mm. So instead of just pouring salt on the food before you even tasted it, all of that was out the window, (laughs) you know, because salt causes you to retain fluid. And for people with heart failure, it's not a good thing to retain fluid because basically your heart can't pump all that oxygen around your body and you start to hold on to it. It makes it harder Mm. to breathe and things like that. So 
This campaign is also really important because it reaches out to the caregivers as well, not just mm. the patient. And for me, it's like myself, um, my sister Raven, my cousin Tina, my best friend Tammy, my Aunt Angel, my, you know, our, our nurse Anna Lynn, who comes in as well. But for all of us, you know, to surround her and make sure she has the support she needs. And there's a lot of people out there that are taking care mm-hmm. of loved ones. And that can burn you out as well if you're not, you know, I mean, you can wear yourself out trying to take care of someone else and not yes, take care ma'am. of yourself. So, mm-hmm. whew. I love that. My um, my own mom, her mother, my grandmother mm-hmm. has congestive heart failure, I think. Yep, that's it. Um, yeah. That's what it is, congestive yeah. heart failure. And she had a quadruple bypass like some 10, 15 years ago. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, How did that go? Um, she, it, it went really, really well. Good. She um She has a very, she calls it her pretty little scar. It's like that's right the, the second person chest. today that, that yeah. said, I, I have the scar. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And he, um, he had a quadruple bypass, too. But um, as she got older, she's 89 now, and mm-hmm. we had to make the decision to put her in a nursing home because she had fallen to having strokes. Right. And she's in, like, the early stages of dementia. Mm-hmm. And um, we did that around the time that I moved up to New York. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, it was basically my mother doing all of the caretaking. And I was so worried for her mm-hmm. because she was so yeah. focused on taking care of my grandmother that she was not taking care of herself. She wouldn't let anybody yep. else help her. So I love that that's also a focus of the campaign, too. It is very, very difficult sometimes. Everybody doesn't have the same support system Mm -hmm. I do, you know, and I'm very fortunate with that. Um, But, yeah, a lot of people don't have that same system. And and so to to reach out and have other people who understand or might be able to even give you resources Mm -hmm. um, to help make your life easier is a wonderful thing to have. How do you make sure you're taking care of yourself while you're taking care of someone else? It's it's challenging. But for me, sleep is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sleep is important to me. Um, Breathing, even just like I'll sit on the side of my bed with my the bed with my mom and we'll just do yoga breathing we'll just take Mm. deep breaths and do stretching and you know just doing that with her it relaxes me Mm. so much so quickly and we're both like okay we're like zenned out now we're good (laughs) you know what I mean because um there's so much that's involved in the breath you know and and whether it's being angry and just taking a second to breathe before you go nuts on somebody you know (laughs) the breath is it's important (laughs) and it's and it's hard but this is the thing Life is sort of a maintenance thing. You don't just like know how to, you don't just learn one thing and do it all the time, constantly mm-hmm. for the rest of your life and you're good. You have to kind of like check in on yourself and, and maintain those things or find new things that are that keep you interested in, in continuing on that path. Mm-hmm. I'm going to breathe more starting today, mm-hmm. starting right now. Yeah, we're definitely a big fan of self-care here. Absolutely. I talk about it a lot. What kind of self care y'all do? I don't know what, don't know what the <laughs> hell y'all no, 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 be just, talking. Listen, <laughs> listen. Um, I'm a fan of self care as well. <laughs> Most of I our self care is illegal, right? Oh my god, why would you say it like that? <laughs> I thought it was funny. Don't even frame it that way. My bad, my bad. Um, Most of my self care is legal. Okay, wow, <laughs> wow. Let's move on. All right. Let's what do, do you think? What is it about? Um, what are you about the illegal part? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I have no comment. <laughs> um, why mm. are women of color so particularly affected by this? What are the things we should be um, keeping in mind? Well, I'm not a doctor, so I can't speak to any of the medical issues involved. Mm. But I know f- just to look at my family and our lifestyle, some of it may be um, part of it is having a sedentary lifestyle. You know, yes. you have to exercise. We have to exercise more. Also, eat healthier foods. Take the salt and the sugar down. 
you know, a notch. You know, I was talking to someone earlier whose family is West Indian, and she just loves. She carries salt in her purse. You know what I mean? Oh my and gosh. Like that—that's how much that's she her loves hot sauce. salt. You know what I mean? She, and ketchup. So, so it's like you know, you can make those same recipes and learn how to dial that stuff down. I mean. Mm-hmm. Just because we grew up a certain way doesn't mm. mean we have to maintain those exact same recipes like our mothers and grandmothers and whomever else cooked for us. Mm. You know, we know we have more knowledge now, so we can adjust those things t- to work for our lifestyles at this point and what we know about good health. Mm-hmm. You know, so for me, going out to L.A., doing Living Single and, and all those shows and working out there, that changed the way I ate. Because in L.A. you have access to a lot more healthier food. The weather is better, but, you know, easier for, like, outdoor exercising. But it wasn't so much that as as having access to more quick choices of healthier foods. Mm, And I think, like, you know, I find that that most places, even fast food restaurants, are trying to provide healthier choices. So we got to actually take the choice, (laughs) you know, take the healthier choice sometimes. Don't always just go for the burger, like go for the salad or go for the fruit. Mm -hmm. You know, when you can get chips on the side of something or an apple, get the apple. You know, uh, it's like we have to kind of find some balance with that. Mm. That is excellent advice. Um, So you mentioned living single. We are living. Hey. Oh, my, my God. Girl, you, you had me. You had me. Okay. Okay. Good I got you. I got you. Um, arguably one of the most important television shows ever made. Facts. Wow. Facts on facts on facts. I like to describe myself that I am all four living single characters. Nice. Um, somebody tried to tell me I was a regime, though, and I was like, hold on. I feel like y'all don't really know me, like the essence of me. That's Why the- do you feel a way about that? Because I feel like the implication was that I'm kind of like whiny and spoiled. And I was like, I feel a way about this. You know, like they weren't they weren't calling me regime for like the good qualities. Mm. It was the way, you know, how somebody like was like, you're such a regime. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't take that tone with me. Um, anyway, so there are theories. I believe this theory that okay. Friends was basically a ripoff of Living Single. Have you heard this theory, and do you agree? Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, yeah, but it was true. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that, that settles it. it. All, right. All right. I mean, but that's not to take anything away from what Friends actually was. I mean, right. um, I do remember when, when Living Single was on, and, and I mean, it was in a newspaper, and they asked Warren Littlefield, who, who was the head of NBC at the time, like, if you could have another show on another network, which one would it be? And he said, Living Single. Mm. And then mm. friends came out. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, but the receipts but I mean, are there. Listen, we've all kind of borrowed from other shows, though. You know, living mm-hmm. single, some might have thought, okay, that's a little Golden Girls, or that's a little, you know, um, we just were the first to do it in, in the way we did it. Mm-hmm. And so they, you know, that's that's not surprising. I mean, no one should be surprised by that. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. Um, we of all should not be surprised by that, but. Um, mm-hmm. But at least they took it and made it into something it was supposed to be. At least do it right, you know. Mm, don't, right, don't right. rip us and then not and then put and out then a whack version, it. right? You know. True. <laughs> but you could throw a little duck buck or two. Over. Well, no, you're not know, gonna have it. like a little thank yeah. you, a little something. No, okay. Um, <laughs> we need refills. We good. The show has aged so well. Why mm. do you think that is? You know, one thing we were able to do was show four different women, two different guys who were had a lot in common, but with different people. Mm-hmm. And we we celebrated that. 
and we we strive to continue to make that you know something really prominent so so people could find some of themselves in the show you know even to the point of not losing weight mm. um we we had to fight at times i mean i never really fought i was just like i'm not losing no weight period <laughs> you know but i'm rapper queen latifah the rebel you know so uh-huh. they they knew not to even come at me with that but wait what do you mean what was the pressure about weight there was times they the word came down. That's how it would sound. The word came mm. down that y'all might need to lose a little weight, and I'm like, yo, let the word come down here and tell me to <laughs> my face that I need to lose some weight. But I would fight against that because you know, for, as far as I was concerned, we represented what real women look like. Especially you trying to right. do a story about four women from Brooklyn, right? Mm-hmm. This is what four women from Brooklyn look like. And I remember, I mean, we I would tell the writers, like, at the end of the season, I would say, y'all need to go to Brooklyn for the summer. You need to go to Brooklyn, and y'all need to come back, like, come back with a Brooklyn vibe, because this yeah. is where this is set, you know. We would catch some stuff, you know what I mean, because all the writers weren't from Brooklyn, of course, but, you know, some stuff just wouldn't didn't make sense, and we wanted to try to keep that keeps a certain vibe you know Brooklyn just has a certain vibe and New York does so we wanted to keep that injected into the show but you know we felt like it represented people and 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 unfortunately some of any of the more serious topics a lot of that stuff is still around mm-hmm. you know and people are still trying to make it you know get their careers going deal with things deal with life while they're dealing with career so I mean it's it's and it was funny mm-hmm. so it was the, hilarious so the jokes are still it's good so funny <laughs> The jokes are still good. Yes. I do want to talk a little bit about Bessie, which mm-hmm. I rewatched the other day, and it's still incredible. Oh, good. <laughs> um, first of all, it's it's one of those American stories that you don't hear about, mm-hmm. which is like an incredible singer who's in an open relationship, and she's a queer woman, mm-hmm. and she like did not take shit from anyone. No, so no. just even on a basic level, what the story's about is incredible. But yeah. the movie itself, I, I found it... First of all, everyone looks so good. Just like, <laughs> like the, everyone's skin is glowing. So moisturized. The lighting is well done. Yeah, there was, there was a definitely lot of cocoa butter on set. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lots of shea butter. I seen it. Um, <laughs> but I was really intrigued by that moment in the movie where, when Bessie's auditioning for um, for things, she has to take the the brown bag test, mm-hmm. the brown paper bag test. Yes. And then when she's auditioning other people to join her her troop her roving performers group um she gives them the brown paper bag test but asks in reverse yes if you're not darker than this bag you can't be in here do you you also have your own makeup line yes i'm curious about what your experience has been as a not quite light-skinned I don't know. What, are you medium skinned? I don't know. You know, I've been trying to figure that out. Honestly, I've been trying to figure that out because when somebody calls me light skinned, I'm like, what? Nah. Oh my and then God, they try I do to, too. No, know, Tracy, not you are not in a nice skin. And I'm like, oh. Um, but just in general, I'm curious about your experiences in Hollywood as a darker skinned woman. See, now I'm darker skinned. I don't know what the <laughs> hell not, I am. See, that's why Hollywood light. is confused because I can't figure it out. <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> some people in Hollywood are very. Uh, evolved, advanced, they get it, and a great many absolutely do not are are draconian and archaic-minded, word-using, you know, cave people (laughs) um, with no imagination and a whole bunch of money. Mm. So Uh, this is what you do. And and their hand right on the button that's green. Mm. Um, So uh, 
you know, this is what you deal with. And, um, you know, we've dealt with that all through the years, but, you know, it's not something that has ever stopped us. We've just found other ways or found other people, you know, who get it um, or created things from scratch ourselves, you know, whenever we just find other ways to do it. And you link with people who eventually get it and get you or trust you that you know what you're doing. Mm. Um, unfortunately, still a lot of those people in positions of power and we need more of us in positions of power behind the camera, in the studios, in the buildings. Yes, yes. That ceiling is still there in a lot of ways and we do have to fight against that. But more, more importantly, we have to support each other and telling our own stories and financially even supporting each mm -hmm. other, you know, because if we do that, then we don't have to rely on, um, you know, high, big Hollywood studios. But it's something that I'm sure anyone of color has faced, mm -hmm. whether you are Asian, whether you are, you know, Latino, you've you've dealt with, you know, some white guy in the building who <laughs> who said something that was so ridiculous or crass, you know, and it's almost like something that you go through in Hollywood. You've never heard conversations like you've heard in Hollywood. I mean, you've Please never... Please tell me more. You've <laughs> never heard such explicit things, mm. you know, and it's not all racial things. Some of it is just sexual. You're like, what mm. the fuck am I in? Mm. You know what I mean? But you get used to it because that's just how people can be. Mm. And you just play it cool and yeah, keep it moving. But I mean, it's I mean, that's just how it is. I also find that some of the most um, forward thinking, creative people in the world are there. And mm. so those are the ones who you wanted to see keep getting you know, promoted. And, and they've given me jobs like people who started off as at the bottom, finally got the position, the power to green light it. And they remembered me like, OK, Queen Latifah is the one for that. Mm. So, you know, I've, I've seen progress and I've seen, you know, people just with, the you know, the worst mentalities in the world who want to just keep it a boys club and keep it, a, you know, a white guys club, in mm. a way, you know, unfortunately. So but that's just boring. You know, it's like I don't yes. feel like anybody is trying to take away from anyone else. I think this is all flavor and it all makes the pot more interesting, the meal more interesting. Mm. You know, either you're going to change with the times or things are going to go around you. Mm. That's that's what's going to happen. We have too many mediums to uh, apply ourselves to at this point to have to just strictly rely on what's happening in H-Town. H-Town oh, H -town West. <laughs> yeah, don't let Beyonce hear you say that. Uh, she'd be mad as hell. <laughs>Uh, I want to talk about Hollywood forever, but you are a very important lady with many more important things to do, I'm sure. So we are going to switch over to our last segment. This is our rapid fire question segment. It's called... Oh, boy. <laughs> it's called Pew, Pew, Pew. These are finger guns. And the pew, Pew is a... You're rapid fire. Pew, pew. Yeah, there you go. She I was like, pew, pew. What, what finger guns are you busting? I'm, I don't bust them guns. I bust, I bust real pew, pew guns. You know, like... Give me some real ricochet. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm going to work on my finger guns in the meantime. So cute. Pew, pew. I wish I could, people could see ping, you ping, with ping, your little ping. index I fingers in the air. Oh, bless your heart, Pink nail polish. Pew, pew. And it's my fault because I thought of the name for this segment. Anyway. She sure it's did. It's uh, no. <laughs> um, Very random questions. Very quick. Number one, what's the first thing you wash in the shower? The first thing I wash in the shower? Mm-hmm. My cooter. <laughs> I go straight on down, baby. Huh. I've never heard that answer to that question. What the hell do people wash? I wash my hands first. And then I wash my right arm. 
I mean, okay. No, I, you know I, what? Let's I, keep it moving. I soak my my lovely rag with a wonderful <laughs> scented French scented. No, <laughs> I delve into my woman parts and <laughs> gently massage. No, I'm just joking. Work up a slight lather. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I like the suds down there, and then yeah, you know, I, I respect that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Have you? I don't think I've ever been asked that question. It's so fun. <laughs> Welcome to the studio. All right, far um, away. Have you seen Hamilton? Yes. Who's your favorite character? Oh my gosh. Or alternately, what's your favorite song? Oh, I'm gonna go with "Satisfied" as my favorite song. Mm. And, but um, ooh, they all so so good. Mm-hmm. But just for now, I'll. Uh, Man, that's not even right. That's not even right to ask me that. And we we <laughs> asked so the tough question. Let's, let's just go with Lafayette for now. Okay. Acceptable. We okay. will accept that. Um, you know I wanted to say the king, right? Aww. And Aaron Burr. So everybody's your favorite. And ha- yes. You know okay. Damn. Everybody is it? A- I'm going with Lafayette. <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> he brought me my French soap, which I drink. <laughs> 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 um, I think we're out of time. Okay, so you've been spared the weirder that questions. That was a fast, so. rapid fire. I, I know, it's because we, we ran our mouths a little too much earlier. Because you're so Dang it, that's a good Thank you so much, <laughs> ladies. This was so much Thank fun. Thank you, you so, much. so much. Where can the people find your work and more information about the campaign? RiseAboveHF.org is where you can find more information. And hey, come on, take the Red Steps Challenge. We're asking people to, you know, take a walk and <laughs> put on some red socks go for a little walk or kick it at the house but take a picture of your you and your red socks and go to riseabovehf.org to post it and share it with the hashtag riseabovehf we're really just showing support symbolically for all the people out there dealing with it but also physically by just getting out there and getting some more exercise which Mm -hmm. is one of the ways we can prevent this Mm. let me see you in your red socks take that selfie and let's see what's going on with you all right all right. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. I really appreciate your time. It's time to buy some rounds. Baby, come through. You deserve rounds tonight. Never gets old, Tracy. Never it's gets old. Yes. Yeah, switch it up more often. Who are you buying around for, Trace? I'm very excited to announce to everyone that I now listen to a total of three podcasts. What? Not including this one. Oh, my God. Um, Naturally, it's a true crime podcast. Oh, my God. So if you like Sword and Scale, you should you should take some notes because mm-hmm. another great true crime podcast that I love is called Case File. And it's hosted by a guy in Australia whose name I don't know. He never says his name on the podcast, I don't think. I just realized that. That's interesting. But um, since he's based in Australia, a lot of the um, crimes that he covers are based in Australia. But oh, there's no. also <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot going on over there. Between the serial killers and like just the crazy animals and yeah, spiders how y'all that live can in? kill you at any point in time. Yeah. We should interview an it's Australian. It's a whole island. Like, <laughs> First of all, this. <laughs> but yeah, it's a whole island full of danger. M- danger. Yeah. So he's never going to run out of material. Yes. <laughs> And it's basically 
like just him like reading about the story or telling us about the story. There's some archival footage, but for the most part, he's just like a very like good, effective storyteller. So what do you like about it? It reminds me of watching Investigation Discovery. Oh, my gosh. So it's just like <laughs> story after story. It's going to sound bad. Yeah, say that sentence. <laughs> Finish that thought. <laughs> there's no, there's not. Just a, say it, Tracy. They're just very interesting stories. Oh my god! And it's one after another. You can be yourself on this podcast, Tracy. But I mean, it's just crime after crime, and I love it. Like I mean, it's it's a weird thing to say. Please put that in the pull quote, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Um, Also, he's got he's got an adorable Australian accent. Oh, also, I like that he has like a really good quick turnaround for his episodes. Like some, I think there's one nearly every week, just about. And um, Sword and Scale usually is released every two weeks, I think. So if you're addicted to horrible crime stories like me, you need something that you can get. You got to get your fix pretty quickly. Oh, my gosh. And I feel like every time I'm like, I wonder if there's a new case file episode. There's always a new case file episode, (laughs) which I really, really appreciate. Three podcasts. Look at you. Look at me. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. More death in your life. Punch in the air. (laughs) Fair. Who's your round for? So my round is very short, but it affects all of our lives. Oh, my. <laughs> I would like to buy a round for well-designed bathroom stalls. Ooh. Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. I'm listening. So for some reason, and I, I find this uh, to be uh, specifically true of American bathroom design. Mm-hmm. They have this, like, little gap yeah. in between the door. Mm-hmm. So you can like see outside and yeah. it's just large enough where your eyeball can see another eyeball. Yeah. You can make eye contact with someone is what I'm saying. While you're peeing. Yes. It's not it's not acceptable. So BuzzFeed moved to a new office and the first thing I checked out mm-hmm. was the bathroom stall situation. Yeah. Like <laughs> The gaps are closed. The gaps are closed because that's proper engineering. <laughs> Why would you leave out a few centimeters of crucial yeah. awkward weird. moments? Yeah, it might as well be like a curtain at that point. That's what I mean. Yeah. So I just feel like it would, <laughs> I don't think this is like an epidemic where people are like, oh no, I was seen through the slots. <laughs> but I do feel like it's human nature to look where you're not supposed to look. Yeah. Absolutely. So obviously it's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard people say they think it's weird that the doors don't go all the way down to the floor. Also that. Um, I've used one bathroom like that when we were in the BuzzFeed LA offices. Their doors went all the way down to the floor and I kind of didn't like it. No, 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 no. I wasn't into why, it. Why, why, why? It was like I this was in a obviously tiny ideal. closet. I just, oh. I just <laughs> you know, it just. So you're looking for a, a more luxurious stall experience. Not a luxurious stall experience per se, but like what if something happens and like the door, I can't get it open. In the other situation, I can just crawl underneath it. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, I guess. I mean, it's either that or stay in a public style for the rest of your life until somebody comes to get you. At an old job I had, I had a rough day, so I went to cry in the bathroom, as one does. Right. And I was the only black person there. So my coworker comes in. I know her ass can see me because I have sandals on. Oh, she saw your feet. She knew it was you. I'm the only brown feet in the office. <laughs> if I had a full fucking situation, could have cried in peace. So that's my counter argument. Okay. I see you. I see you. So awkward being black. <laughs> like, why is this happening to me? Oh, man. Anyway, shout out to well-designed bathroom stalls. Yeah. Haven't we did it again? Tracy, we made it. Hey. Hey. Um, Thank you to all of our amazing guests. 
Laurel Brightman. Please come back. I had so much fun talking about animal stuff with you. Thank you. And then to freaking Queen Latifah. I still cannot believe I know. that she... She graced us uh, with her presence. My God. Yes. And shout out to the Pod Squad. Pod Squad. You got an air horn in you today, Kevin? <laughs> I don't, clearly. <laughs> it makes me so happy. <laughs> this episode was produced by Eleanor Kagan with editorial oversight from Jenna Weiss Berman and production help from Julia Farlon and Meg Kramer. Thank you to Paul Ruest at Argo Studios. Thank you to our amazing, super talented musicians, Jean Gray. You can follow her at Jean Greasy and Don Will of the almighty Tanya Morgan. You can follow him on the Twitters at D-O-N-W-I-L-L. Thank you to heaven. Shout out to the Tracy who makes me laugh literally every single day. Aww. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. The newsletter is so lit. Yo. I actively love our newsletter. This is the only newsletter I think I've ever subscribed to in my life. Where I actually open the emails. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you want to sign up for a newsletter, go to buzzfeed.com slash another round slash newsletter and get your life. Also, check out our other BuzzFeed podcasts like Internet Explorer and The Tell Show. Yes. Lots of fun. Hit us on the buzz. Um, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, at Another Round. Uh, email us, round at BuzzFeed.com. And rate us on iTunes if you like the show. Yes. Only if. If you don't like the show, um, go maybe eat, try pray, church. <laughs> go eat, pray, and love. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. That too. That too. Also, nominate us for a Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Um, Drink some water. Take a minute to call your mom. Yes. Read a book, yo. I'm reading a book now. <laughs> I haven't done that in so long. I forgot that it's fun. Y'all should have seen this face, Tracy. <laughs> Eyes full of wonder. <laughs> I'm reading books. <laughs> Golly gee. Pet a puppy if you can find one. Ask first. Ooh. No? Yeah. No, I'm imagining the scenario where you don't ask. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that would be rude. I like to pet babies without asking. No. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Do not do that. Bye. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next week. Yeah, one of my favorite things to do is to go on Vine. There's a hashtag that's just like parrots of Vine, and it's just vines of parrots like talking and playing peekaboo. Have you ever seen a parrot play peekaboo? It's so awesome. <laughs> it's beautiful. There should be a whole thing of like, you know, we all watch parrots mimicking people, but there should be a whole thing of like people, people mimicking, mimicking parrots. parrots. Tracy's <laughs> on a new wave. Oh my gosh, what if there's a Innovator. what if there's a Vine for parrots somewhere and there's a hashtag that's human the Vine? Yes. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> They'd be walking in saying stuff (laughs) oh that's so cute (laughs) yeah